it's finally here. Welcome to the very first episode of the Lord of the Rings fan podcast by Cliff Ravenscraft. That's me. This has been a podcast that I've had a desire to do for many years. In fact, the artwork for this particular podcast was created all the way back in 2012, and that's when I first had the inspiration to create the Lord of the Rings fan podcast. But the show never officially launched in 2012. By the way, what was it that prompted the launch or inspiration for this show in 2012? Well, it was the Hobbit movies that were being made by Peter Jackson. So why didn't I launch this podcast in 2012? And that has a lot to do with who I was then as it compares to who I am today. Who I was then was someone who very much was concerned about what other people thought about me. By the way, my name is Cliff Ravenscraft. If you've never heard my name before, I started podcasting as a hobby in December 2005. My wife and I began a podcast devoted to the TV show Lost. It was our very first venture into the podcasting space. Through a series of not easily repeatable events, we had over 27,000 subscribers by the third episode of that podcast, and it grew to over 60,000 people over the course of that uh, program, the the Lost Podcast, the weekly Lost Podcast with Cliff and Stephanie, which I think you can still find the archives over at lostpodcast.com, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, about a year and a half into the journey of podcasting as a hobby, I had created a lot of other podcast shows, many of them entertainment-based, some of them technology and business-focused and personal development, social media-focused, things like that. And eventually, not only did I have a desire and a dream to turn it into a full-time career, I actually did it. And I became full-time self-employed and was known around the world as the Podcast Answer Man over the first 10 to 12 years as the Podcast Answer Man from January 2008 all the way up till probably, uh, actually from December 2006 is when I started Podcast Answer Man. But I eventually trained more than 40,000 people in this world to successfully launch their own amazing sounding podcasts. So I have a lot of history with creating a lot of podcasts. In fact, I have over 40 podcast shows and almost 4,000 podcast episodes. So I have a little bit of a history behind me when it comes to creating not only podcasts, but also fan podcasts about entertainment as far as television shows and even books. Just for a little side note, if you happen to be not only a Lord of the Rings fan yourself, but you're just a fan of reading books in the fiction fantasy genre, my wife and I have a podcast over at twilightsagapodcast.com that we did many years ago, and we covered all 
four books and all, I think, is it five movies of the Twilight Saga. So that's all over at twilightsagapodcast.com. We also did the Hunger Games podcast over at hungergamespodcast.com. And that covers all of the books, not all of the movies, because we kind of lost interest in the movies by the time the, the other ones came out. But why didn't I launch the Lord of the Rings fan podcast? It's quite simply due to the fact that one might question whether or not I am a fan. Now, when I say I'm a fan of something like The Lord of the Rings, what I mean by that is I kind of like it. And I could see myself developing an even greater appreciation for it and a passion for talking about my experience with that particular topic. And that is exactly what I have for the Lord of the Rings. But if you are one of those individuals who have probably read Lord of the Rings multiple times throughout your lifetime, that you can maybe even speak a couple of the languages that Tolkien has developed as it relates to this world that he built, if you've read the Simmerillion, I, I I can't even pronounce some of these things. If and you know all of the backstory, and and this is probably not the podcast for you. And that was a concern of mine back in 2012. My fear at the time was that I would be judged immensely by actual true fans of the Lord of the Rings and Tolkien and this world, because. Quite frankly, I know almost nothing about it. But today, I'm okay with that, and I'm launching this podcast. I'm letting you know up front that I know almost nothing about this world, with the very rare exception of what I have learned based upon one single viewing of each of the Lord of the Rings movies. Yes, one single viewing. I saw each of them in the theater as they were released. The, the, Lord, the Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, and The Return of the King. I watched all three movies at the theater, and I loved them. They were amazing. They were long, but they were amazing. They were incredible. Some of the best films that I've seen at a theater in my entire lifetime were those films. And I love, I fell in love with the scenery and, of course, uh, the majestic views of New Zealand, which I've since been and have gone on a Lord of the Rings tour, and I have also been to Hobbiton Village in Matamata. So I'm a little bit of a fan. I mean, it's not like I have no no desire to to dig deeper. I I've, I'm 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 devoted on my level of devotion, which is probably slight to most Tolkien fans. So. But I fell in love with the the cinematic version of this story as Peter Jackson made it came come alive, and I and when I say I fell in love with it, it just means I had a great deep appreciation, not one that caused me to go watch it over and over again. Now I will tell you that I bought the movies as they were released on VHS. I have gone through and attempted to rewatch them a couple of times, but I'm like, you know what? I I think I'm I think I want to go read the book. 
I want to go read the books before I go through and sit and watch this whole thing again. And I would start the book and and get in a little ways. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm far enough in the book now. I'm going to pull out my Fellowship of the Rings movie, Fellowship of the Ring movie, and I'm going to watch up to where I am. And I would see the differences in the book and stuff like that. But I'd very rarely make it you know, more than five or six chapters in the book. And I would get distracted by other things. And this was way before I was doing podcasting. I'd never heard of podcasting back when I got those VHS tapes of the movies. And when the extended versions of the movie came out, I bought all of the extended versions on VHS. And then when they came out on DVD, I actually bought all three movies. You know, so I'm, a, like I said, a, a great appreciation, but I kind of suck at actually creating a devoted connection with digging deeper into it. And even, even if that means watching the movies all the way through uh, from beginning to end multiple times, I haven't even done that. And so I, because of this, in the past, I might have feared your scorn. Uh, it's like, how can? Why don't you call this the Lord of the Rings in uh, you know interested podcast uh, or whatever the case may be? And and so, but I I'm not concerned about this. I'm being upfront with you here in episode number one, and I'm telling you who I am and where what I why I'm creating this podcast and. And you can decide for yourself if you want to listen, but I encourage you just to unsubscribe right now if you accidentally already subscribed just because you saw the artwork and it says Lord of the Rings fan podcast. But if my voice for you is not for you, then uh, unsubscribe. Don't, don't carry on past this introductory episode. By the way, for those who might be like me and have become a huge fan of, of what you've picked up about the books and but you don't have this great understanding of the lore and the world and all of these other things but you'd like to dig deeper you've always wanted to be a little bit more knowledgeable about this incredible book that people say some people say man i've read it maybe almost once a year every year since i was a kid or something like that i mean there are people out there like that and i have a deep profound respect for those who have such a great knowledge about this world who can actually go in and use their imagination and and have such level of appreciation for it that they would would do that and and in a way I'm like I don't know how far I want to go into this but I would like to dip my toes into the water of this incredible world that has been built by Tolkien and I know that there are Tolkien fans that say that what Peter Jackson did is an abomination to the overall story. And and so, it is what it is. What I can tell you is that the movies introduced me to the world, and it's introduced me into a desire to dig deeper and go into the books. So, that's my story with the movies. Oh, by the way, and then uh, over time, I actually bought all of the digital versions of all three of the movies from Lord of the Rings. And then they actually, I found that you could actually find the extended versions. And so I own the digital versions of the extended versions as well. So in all told, I own, uh, so there are three movies, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, The Returning of the King. 
I own three VHS. I own two different versions of the VHSs, two different versions of the actually one version of the DVDs. I think I only got the one version of the DVDs and then two versions of the digital. So I, I want to make a point in this episode to acknowledge the fact that I am financially invested into what has been made available when it comes to the movies. And that'll be important as I share with you this very important thing I want to share about how I'm finally going to get super excited about uh, diving in to the the books once again and why I think this time will be the time. So I want to also say something here, and that is oh, about the Hobbit movie. So when when 2012 came about, I was I saw all of the movies in the theater, paid for myself to go. Actually, I saw the Hobbit movies uh, more than once, all of them more than once. So I'm financially invested in having seen them all in the the movies, the the three Hobbit movies that was made on this one little child's book. So I saw all of those. I purchased all of the DVDs of all of the Hobbit movies and their extended versions. And I also have purchased all of the digital versions of each of the three Hobbit movies. Now, the Hobbit movies I have gone through and watched from beginning to end multiple times. And again, a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was growing in a deep, profound respect for this world and I wanted to get into it. I want to give a shout out to my friend, Father Roderick Von Hogan, who has also been a podcaster since 2005. He and I started podcasting in the same year. And back in the day, he used to have a network called SQPN, StarQuest Production Network. And one of the podcasts that he had was Secrets of the Lord of the Rings, I think. And he may have also done uh, something on The Hobbit, or may have had a separate podcast on The Hobbit. But when the movie was in production, way before it was released, he and a friend of him, his, who, by the way, his friend is an avid Tolkien uh, fan, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, and maybe I'll get Father Roderick to join me for an episode of this podcast at some point in the future, and he can enlighten us. But they actually covered all of the production news leading up to The Hobbit and their thought process of what we might come to expect in these Hobbit movies that Peter Jackson was creating. And and so I listened to all of that. And that's where I, again, I just had this deep, profound respect for people who have such a, a wealth of knowledge, not only about what's covered in the movies, not only about what's in the books, but even some of the reference materials that that Tolkien created around all of these things. It's like, man, the, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I wonder how does this benefit one's life overall, but I still have a profound respect for how much they know and how much they love and, and how much enjoyment that it's clear that they get out of this. And I wonder if I can pick in, pick up on some of that. And I was picking up on some of that just secondhand from this Hobbit podcast that Father Roderick was doing with this friend of his as they led up to the movies. So I enjoyed that. So I began reading, I, I decided I was going to start reading the book, The Hobbit, the original book, and go from there. I actually recorded two podcast episodes of 
this podcast in 2012. But I only recorded two podcast episodes devoted to the book, The Hobbit. And then I stopped. I, some of it was just like, man, who am I? You know, the imposter syndrome, what are people going to say? Blah, blah, blah. And also I had this feeling like, man, if I'm going to start this thing, I need to make sure that I am consistent with with producing episodes. And that's one thing I want to tell you right now. I am recording this first episode of this podcast on Saturday, July 17th, 2021. This is a passion project for me. This is something that I'm excited about doing right now, and I will continue to produce episodes whenever I feel inspired to do so. And so it's not like you're going to get an episode one right after another. There's not going to be any promised consistency to this. But over time, as I get deeper and deeper into the story and different aspects of my admiration for this world and the people and conversations I want to have about the subject of the Lord of the Rings and and Tolkien and, and this world of Middle Earth, I will produce new episodes. But until then, you know, I'll just, what's there is what you get. And, and I hope that's okay with you. So I, I did, I'm not going to release those episodes because they were related to The Hobbit. I did not continue that journey, that project. And right now, I've decided I want to start with The Lord of the Rings. Now, the good news is that I have read the entire book of The Hobbit. <laughs> Big deal, right? It's very short. So I read the entire book of The Hobbit, and then I've seen the movies of The Hobbit multiple, multiple times. And... Quite frankly, that was still very many years ago. Uh, just, it's been at least three to five years since I've watched any of those movies or read it. Or, and it was, it's been since 2012 since I read the book. So I have, I'm literally starting comparatively from a completely clean slate. It's been even more, it's been more than a decade. Uh, since I actually watched any of the movies of Lord of the Rings. So, I'm going to tell you I'm starting from a clean slate. I'm a complete noob when it comes to Lord of the Rings. I'm a complete noob. I have very little recollection of all of these other things. And I'm also, when it comes to picking up what the author is laying down or what a writer is laying down in, in a movie or a television show, I'm, I I seem to not be the most intuitive person when it comes to those kind of things. I do have a great gift of intuition, but they seem to be tied to other areas of life as far as, well, if you ever decide to learn more about me through the other content that I create, you'll, you'll find out over time. But I'm the kind of guy who watches a television show like Westworld from HBO, uh, incredible television show, but I was completely lost. It's like, what's going on here? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, it's visually stunning. I'm caught up into the story. It's, it's aesthetically pleasing. I, I'm enjoying the story as it's being told, but I'm confused as I'll get it get out, and I'm not quite sure what I just witnessed. And so, I, I'm i the guy who goes to a podcast such, you know, such as other, like what I used to do for the Lost television show, and and I look for other people to explain to me, what is it that I just saw? What did I miss? You know, beyond, what's, what's being told in this story that I just saw in this episode, well beyond what I actually picked up. 
And I was able to do that for the Lost podcast and back in the days because I would go and research all of that stuff. I would spend hours every week, and that's what made our Lost podcast so famous. And so I would go deep, and I'm, I'm going to see where this leads me, but I'm starting out as a novice, and I just want you to know that. The other thing is, is that um, for the longest time, in my life, I never considered myself to be one that really enjoyed reading books. I know, it sounds crazy, but that was the case. Now, thankfully, over the last 10, 15 years of my life, that's changed drastically. And now I'm an avid reader. I absolutely would prefer sitting down and reading Uh, over a lot of other entertaining things that I could do. Don't get me wrong, I still enjoy a good television show or a good movie, um, good video game or something like that, but I really do enjoy reading. But most of that reading has been very much nonfiction, very much personal development and, and on a more philosophical side of things. Not although what I've come to really love about science fiction, fantasy, and 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 that kind of fiction is that it is so much philosophical. It it does carry so many undertones of of great life lessons, and I know that that's included in Tolkien's world that he has built. And that's one of the reasons why I've wanted to get into this. But I I will tell you that I fell in love with the Twilight Saga books. I think in my in, in in the books that I've read it's one of the greatest fictional fantasy stories and and you'd have to actually go and check out twilightsagapodcast.com to f- find out why I feel that way. Another one that I have fallen in love with is the Harry Potter world, both all of the, or both the movies and the books. Now, I will tell you that I have seen all of the Harry Potter movies multiple, multiple times, and I'm a huge fan of those movies. And But I have also read the entire series of books of the Harry Potter world. However, I've not read them with words on pages. I actually listened to the audiobook version of all of the Lord, of all the Harry Potter books as narrated by Jim Dale, which is phenomenal. And one day I may go back through and reread the Harry Potter series. In fact, I almost did that before I started doing The Lord of the Rings. But I've already been through the entire world of Harry Potter, all the way through the books and many times through the, bo- through the movie. And at the time, I didn't feel inspired to create a podcast, but a Harry Potter fan podcast from Cliff Ravenscraft and or myself and my wife or myself and another friend may come at some point in the future. But I am a huge fan of everything that is Harry Potter. It is incredible. And the audiobook narration is what really got me through that entire series. But I, at the time when I was listening to that series, 
I was not physically reading books or even ebooks at the time, words on pages. If I was going to read words on pages, I was going to be reading a nonfiction book that was going to help me in my personal and professional development because, well, quite frankly, I at the time, and maybe even one could argue even still today, there's a lot of growth uh, that's necessary for some of the things that I have wanted to do. And I've grown in so many years as a result of the number of books that I've read um, both in audible versions, audio versions, and also, but exclusively, mostly, to uh, either physical books, Kindle books, or or what have you. So I have become an avid reader, but my fiction audio, my fiction reading, had been primarily audio. Uh, I, I could get caught up in a good audio book uh, in a, in the fiction form. And so when I did the Hunger Games podcast, when I did the Twilight Saga podcast, most of what I was speaking about in those episodes came from the fact that I was reading those book in books in audio form. So when I decided that I wanted to do The Hobbit and I wanted to get into the Lord of the Rings podcast, I knew that I wanted to get into the books. And The Hobbit was short, and it was easy for me to read and get through and stuff like that. Uh, but the Lord of the Rings books, the, the, the trilogy, if you will, or the, the three-volume set of this story, it's just so huge that I found it daunting for me to think about reading in, in just written form. And that... I recognize today as a limiting belief. So for me, I wanted to get an audio audio version of The Lord of the Rings. And I did. I purchased it. And by the way, I want to let you know that I have financially invested in what is available as an unabridged audiobook version of The Lord of the Rings, uh, The Fellowship of the Ring, the Two Towers, and also The Return of the King. I have the Robert, Rob, I think is Rob Inglis, I think is his name. I have purchased all three of those audiobooks with the anticipation and the expectation that I'm going to listen to all of them. Now, as I was listening, I got to tell you that Rob Inglis, while he certainly has his fans, it seems, his voice does not resonate with me. His his way of narrating a book uh, is kind of grating on me. It, I, I find it kind of, if you can imagine the analogy or metaphor or the of, of what they do when they share the response that some people have with a teacher that would take their fingernails and scrape them across, across the, uh, a chalkboard and how that actually grates on somebody's nerves. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's, that's so painful to my ears. Please, will you stop? That's torture. And I, I'm not afraid to just tell you authentically that that's exactly how I felt listening to Robert Inglis narrating this book. It, it, I, there's something about his his older style voice, but also just the tone of his voice, the vibration of it. And some of you might be thinking, Cliff, 
that's exactly how I feel when I listen to you. And if that were true, you would have actually stopped already. Come on. But we all have different preferences and we all resonate with different voices. And that's one of the reasons why I want to create a Lord of the Rings fan podcast, because there's going to be somebody who's going to listen to me cover the Lord of the Rings who isn't necessarily going to resonate with the way that it's covered by other people. And I'm like, I, I'm, not sh- I'm not here to attract Lord of the Rings fans and give them additional insights above and beyond what they already have, those ones that are much deeper into this world than I. Uh, some of them may find this and find it enjoyable to hear a novice, a noob, come along and, and share it, and and you might come along the journey, and that's great. Uh, but I know that I will attract someone to this, and if nothing else, I'm going to be able to at least think about the things that I'm enjoying here out loud. Now, what I do know is about what I'm about ready to share is definitely going to be extremely beneficial to those who are like me a newbie, a novice, someone who has had a habit in the past of not really particularly enjoying reading. And maybe today when you do sit down to read a good book and physically reading, not audible reading, you actually tend to lean and steer towards the nonfiction world of reading. And maybe occasionally you might be interested in an audio version of a good fantasy drama. So, for example, let me tell you some of my favorite audio books. My favorite audio books are The Hunger Games. Uh, my favorite audio book would be The Twilight Saga, all of them narrated by Ileana Kadushin. One of my favorite audiobooks, of course, is Jim Dale, the Harry Potter series. He does the entire things. I, I might even check out the Stephen Fry version. I'm sure I've heard he does a really good job, and I've sampled it, and it sounds very interesting and intriguing. And so, who knows? When I get back to doing that, I may actually check out that. But all of those are great. Some other audiobooks of fiction that I've done is The Martian by Andy Weir. I think that was narrated by, was it, uh, gosh, who was that? It's either Ray Porter or the other guy, R.C. Bray. It was probably R.C. Bray. R.C. Bray in The Martian is amazing. And then I found, gosh, what was it? There, There's a bunch of other ones. The, the We Are Bob or The Bobaverse by Dennis E. Taylor, read by Ray Porter, all four, or I think it's four of the books, all four of the Babaverse books are incredible. I just finished, uh, Will Wheaton reading Ready Player One, and I just also finished Ready Player Two. I, I can totally geek out, and I love this. Matter of fact, this is a total sidetrack, but one day I could see myself doing, oh, I'm going to write this down, Children of the Stones fan podcast of the stones i'm writing this down that is uh that is a podcast that will be coming soon there is no maybe the children of the stones is definitely going to be a podcast that i do in the future anyway there's a uh there is a book a novelization of the old 1970s british sci-fi kids horror uh, television series called Children of the Stones. And it's actually read, the novelization, the audio 
book version of Children of the Stones is read by Gareth Tom, Tom Thomas. I, anyway, the guy who plays Adam Brake in the TV show. Ah, it's so good. So I am a I love. I can totally listen to a great audiobook with a great narrator and so get caught up into that world. I can immerse myself into the story with a great narration. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be that the the narrator reads every different character with their own unique voice like Jim Dale, you know, it, it, but, you know, at least the, the narrator has to captivate my, my, my attention by making the story come alive. Rob Inglis never has done that for me. I've always found myself listening to the audio book, uh, the unabridged audio book of The Lord of the Rings by Rob Inglis as kind of this thing, well, well, it's better than me sitting down and, and being faced with the words on the screen and and just forcing myself to read this in a written form. Now, again, limited mindset. I used to really have that belief and I lived that belief out to be true that I hate to read in the written form. That's not the case today. And today, I I love to read. Matter of fact, I've it, just in the past two years, I think I've purchased over 70 physical books. I have hundreds of Kindle books and I've got hundreds of audio books as well. But one of the things that I do love to do is I love to, especially in fiction still, I still do love to buy the audiobook and then have the Kindle version and be re- and have and have it reading along with me. Now the Kindle app on like the iPhone or the iPad allows you to do those things seamlessly together, which is kind of nice. But even still today, I found that I still re- I prefer an e-ink display of an e-reader. And so with that knowledge, knowing that currently none of the Kindle devices have that functionality where it will do inline reading with the audio version, I actually have found a way to just go ahead and play it via my Audible app or some other ebook reading app, audio ebook, e- you get the idea. And I would listen to it along and, and stuff like that. But here's the deal. I tried that. I tried that. I'm listening to Rob Inglis and I'm looking at the words on the screen as they're going along. And Rob Inglis is his voice is grating on my nerves and he is not captivating my attention. And it seems so dry that I'm like, let me just stop listening to him and let me just read the words on the screen. But the problem was that when I'm reading the words on the screen, I am now hearing the voice of Rob Inglis. And I, again, some of this is just neuroassociations. It's it's the limits that I place in my own mind. And, and what I'm sharing with you is that I have had a desire since 2012 and I have attempted at least five or six different times to start over and read The Lord of the Rings. Start in each time I'd start over from the beginning and I would make it all the way out to where they get to uh, the where they meet Strider. I, I think that's his name. I don't even remember. It's been so long. But each time I'd get to them meeting Strider and that's it. I'm done. Or actually, I wouldn't know that's not true. 
each time I would make it to Tom Bombadil. And each time when I get to Tom Bombadil, I get to, I, I'm like, okay, I just, I, let me just have Rob Inglis read to me this Tom Bombadil part. And oh my gosh, Rob Inglis doing Tom Bombadil. That's that's my impression of Rob Inglis doing Tom Bombadil. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm done. No, I'm not going to. And so here's the situation. I have been dreaming. Oh, would you please, Lord of the heavens, creator of all universe, of everything that is in existence, if you, I could ask for anything and it would be granted, please would you give us a different audiobook version of The Lord of the Rings? I Now, I am totally overblowing that statement. It's just been a desire. It's like, man, I and occasionally... When I'm like, okay, well, I'm finished with this book that I just finished. I just finished the audiobook version of Ready Player Two. And I'm like, I want to get into another fiction story. I like to, ba- at these days, I'm, I love to read. I probably read somewhere between five to 20 hours a week. And that's between audio and or print, you know, whether it's ebook or, or physical books. So I, I read a lot, but again, until unless I go on vacation or unless I make myself do it, I, I lean towards the nonfiction stuff. But every time I get into a good fiction story, I know I love getting caught up in the escape into another world. I love the capturing of my imagination. And so the other night, I'm like, you know what? I know I keep looking, and every time I look to see if there's a new version of the audiobook, I, I find all of these dramatized things, but they're abridged, and I don't want an abridged. If I wanted an abridged story, I'd go watch the movies because the movies are abridged, you know, and 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 screen adapted, and I don't want that. I want. I want to know word for word what it is that these people who are Tolkien fans and they've been fans of Lord of the Rings since they were kids, I want to hear all of the words. I want to know I, I don't want to miss anything of Tom Bombadil. I, 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 I already know that Tom Bombadil is so important to this story and the fact that he's not even in the movies is ridiculous. I know this, but I can't handle. Well, at the time, I I didn't want to read just the words on the screen, and I could do that today, but I would love to have something motivate me along, which is a good unabridged audiobook version. And I'm like, okay, I know this is futile, but I'm going to go and search to see again. And so, of course, I go into the audiobook version or or the audible thing, and, and there's nothing in there. And I'm like, I felt inspired. I felt it's kind of like I felt a nudge inside of myself. Do a Google search. See what you can find. And I came across Phil Dragish. That's it. I came across Phil Dragish. That's that's what I want to share with you in this first episode. And I'm going to introduce you to Phil Dragish and what he has done. Now, first of all, I want to read the description from the audible, unabridged recording of Fellowship of the Ring. By the way, it even says on the artwork in Audible, it says, the only unabridged recording narrated by Rob Inglis, 
All right, so here's what it says. Inspired by The Hobbit and begun in 1937, The Lord of the Rings is a trilogy that J.R.R. Tolkien created to provide the necessary background of history for elvish tongues. From these academic aspirations was born one of the most popular and imaginative, imaginative works in English literature. The Fellowship of the Ring, the first volume in the trilogy, tells of the fateful power of the One Ring. By the way, Paul's right there. So this is how much of a novice I was. So I actually have created some versions of my own of an unabridged audiobook of this particular three-volume series. But I called it Book One, Book Two, and Book Three, thinking that Book One is Fellowship of the Ring, and Book Two is The Two Towers, and Book Three is The Return of the King. But I have... You know, I've least learned, and again, I'm a novice, but I've just learned, and maybe this is new to you, that that's not correct. That, in fact, it's volume one, volume two, and volume three, and that there are multiple books in each volume. And so, uh, it, but it's all one story. The, the Lord of the Rings is all one story, often packaged in three volumes. So, there you go. Volume one, Fellowship of the Ring. Volume two is The Two Towers and volume three. So, if you want to avoid looking like a total noob and an idiot and outing yourself amongst other Tolkien fans, don't ever refer to The Two Towers as the second book in the series. (laughs) All right. It says, it begins a, magnific- a magnificent tale of adventure that will plunge the members of the Fellowship of the Ring into a perilous request, quest, not request, a perilous quest and set the stage for the ultimate clash between the powers of good and evil. And that is what I really want to get into. And I I know there's so much philosophy that's going to be in there. And I've become a huge fan and student of philosophy over the past two years of my life in a much deeper way than I ever dreamed that I would. And so that's why I'm eager and excited about getting into this at this point in my life. It says, again, this is back to the audible description, in this splendid, unabridged audio production of Tolkien's great work, All the inhabitants of a magical universe, hobbits, elves, and wizards, step colorfully into life. And it says, Rob Inglis's narration has been praised as a masterpiece of audio. Well, I have no doubt in my mind. If you look at the five-star ratings of, of this unabridged work of the fellowship of the ring in audible it's got many 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 thousands of ratings many thousands of them and it's five stars for the for the actual work of the story itself the audio production the narration it is it's got five stars all the way around but for me cliff ravenscraft i would give the narration by rob inglis not because he's not a great narrator his voice just doesn't sit well on my nervous system. 
And and it just that's what it is. So personally, I would rate his narration because of his voice a number one. But I would also rate his some of his voices and the inflections. I sometimes I think he's dry and rather boring at points. Don't get me wrong, there are other points where Rob Inglis gets into the story and makes it come alive. His voice still is not pleasant to my ears, but that's a personal preference. And but there are times when he he makes the story come to life and he gets really into it and brings the story to life. But most of the time, he is boring as all get out. So what I did is I I went in search, is there anything out there that would be another version that I could do? I'll pay for it. I'm glad to pay again. And again, I want people to understand this. I am all for giving financially to, to the things that have been created so I, I, that's why I've made so much of a point to tell you that I have invested, I've paid for all of these movies many times, many, many, many times over. I've paid for the audiobooks. As far as the books itself, I have the original Hobbit. I have another version of the Hobbit. I have all three volumes of the Lord of the Rings independently, individually, and I even have the 50th anniversary edition of the Lord of the Rings all in one ebook. Uh, so I have paid for these books over and over and over again. I've paid for the Audible versions. But um, I actually found the Phil Dragish product. So Phil Dragish, let me just give you that. It, his last name is D-R-A-G-A-S-H. Now, I personally don't know what your philosophy of the moral implica- implications are of partaking in this audiobook. For me personally, I wish that Phil Dragish could uh, have some sort of arrangement with the Tolkien estate and that they would actually make this a full-fledged, blessed, and and anointed version of this. And, oh, by the way, I also want you to know, I, I think it's important to say, that I have purchased financially all of the Howard Shore audio, uh, uh, what do you call those? The, the orchestral music, the soundtracks. Yeah, I, you, you get the idea. I've purchased all of those as well. So on, if you go to Phil Dragish's website, so just do a search for Phil uh, and then D-R-A-G-A-S-H. If you do a, a Google search for Phil Dragish, you're going to come across phildragish.com. All right. And if you click on audiobooks, and scroll down, you'll find this section where it says Tolkien. And this is on his website. It says J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings unofficial, unabridged audiobook. Not only read by me, but with music by Howard Shore for the film trilogy. And immersive sound effects that provide 
the written word with a more lifelike experience. And he says, as of 2013, I have completed the entire book, which combined makes up 48 hours of listening. Being a one-man venture, this little side project is not without its errors and miter glitches and mistakes. I have also painted most of the background images on each video frame and designed each cover. To see all of the image gallery of all the thumbnails I made, click here. Uh, for the audiobooks, we're on YouTube. So anyway, uh, YouTube, of course, occasionally what happens is the Phil Dragish unabridged version of the audiobook of The Lord of the Rings, all three of them, you might from time to time find them on YouTube. In fact, I recently did, but they were just uploaded earlier this month in July 2021. They will get taken down. They have been up there many times since 2013, and they have been taken down every single time. Rightfully so. It's a violation of copyright law. Uh, Copyright of Tolkien, copyright of Howard Shore, uh, and stuff like that. But this is something, quite frankly, I have such a... A, a, a problem with it's like this this thing needs to exist not to mention the fact that this is 48 hours of listening and I'm an audio producer I've been in full-time audio production and and, and been in the podcast answer man for years I've produced over 4,000 hours of audio for myself since December 2005 so 48 hours of listening I can tell you right now he's got probably at least, 500 or more hours, maybe even a thousand hours worth of work put into this project. And it's his heart. It's his, po- it's his passion. Phil Dragish has done something so incredible that quite frankly, I, if, if it were available officially for sale, if I could purchase each of the books, so, or I'm sorry, each of the volumes of this audio book, if the Phil Dragish unabridged version with the Howard Shore music in the background and the sound effects, if this were available for purchase for $150 for each of the three volumes, I would gladly pay for it. Knowing that Howard Shore and all of the publishers there get all of their, you know, all of their rights are paid. If Tolkien Estate gets all of their stuff and 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 all of this stuff, and also that Phil Dragish also gets um, his his due and stuff like that, I would gladly pay for all of this stuff. But it's not possible, and so it it, it leaves a dilemma. I want to get into and and fall in love with The Lord of the Rings, and I know that I would do so if there was a really great audio version that sometimes could help me along in, in some of the uh, more tired moments of my day if I'm sitting down and reading and stuff like that. It's like, I, I really know that this is going to be helpful. And so I found this on YouTube. I've, matter of fact, right now, as of July 2021, there's a bunch of uh, videos that are currently available. Don't go, you can go look for them. Please don't bother emailing me asking me for links to them because I won't provide links to them because it it is a violation of copyright law. But I want to tell you that they're available and I will tell you about a place where you can find them on, on archive.org if those are still available. So that's what I will tell you is you, is if they're on archive.org and they haven't been taken down, uh, 
all all every chapter of every book in the Lord of the Rings is available from Phil Dragish for all three books in on archive.org as of today. And what I will do in the show notes for episode number one of this podcast, I will put the links to the archive.org. So you can go check them out. By the way, if you go to lordoftheringspodcast.com and look for episode number one of this podcast and look in the show notes and you click on the links that take you to archive.org where you also could have these audio files, if those links no longer work, do not reach out to me, please. Uh, I pray that one day these will be available for purchase at whatever cost they are so that I can then proudly make that purchase. I, I will give that money. But until then, I have actually downloaded all of these. I've put them all together and assembled them for myself. And I intend to use them for what my heart's desire has always wanted related to an unabridged version of The Lord of the Rings. Now, in this first episode of the Lord of the Rings fan podcast, this is, again, my podcast of how I'm going to become a fan, a deeper fan, something more than just a mild appreciation for this story. I want to share with you the difference between Rob Inglis and uh, and Phil Dragish. So what I've done is I've created about somewhere between a one to one and a half minute version of three different sections of chapter one to give you a difference between Rob Inglis reading that section and then the Phil Dragish version. All right, so here's the first one. This is where the dwarves come to visit Hobbiton uh, in chapter one. Days passed and the day grew nearer. An odd-looking wagon laden with odd-looking packages rolled into Hobbiton one evening and toiled up the hill to Bag End. The startled hobbits peered out of lamplit doors to gape at it. It was driven by outlandish folk, singing strange songs, dwarves with long beards and deep hoods. A few of them remained at Bag End. Days passed, and the day drew nearer. An odd-looking wagon, laden with odd-looking packages, rolled into Hobbiton one evening and toiled up the hill to Bag End. The startled hobbits peered out of lamplit doors to gape at it. It was driven by outlandish folk, singing strange songs, dwarves with long beards and deep hoods. A few of them remained at Bag End. Did you hear the wagon wheels? Did you hear the the dwarves singing? You could hear them singing in the background in the second version. Very cool stuff. This guy spent at least a thousand hours. Come on. All right. Here is the one last surprise at the supper. First Rob Inglis, then Phil Dragish. And there was also one last surprise in honor of Bilbo, and it startled the hobbits exceedingly, as Gandalf intended. The lights went out. A great smoke went up. It shaped itself like a mountain seen in the distance and began to glow at the summit. It spouted green and scarlet flames. Out flew a red golden dragon, not life-size, but terribly lifelike. Fire came from his jaws. His eyes glared down. There was a roar, and he whizzed three times over the heads of the crowd. 
they all ducked, and many fell flat on their faces. The dragon passed like an express train, turned a somersault, and burst over Bywater with a deafening explosion. "'That is the signal for supper,' said Bilbo. The pain and alarm vanished at once, and the prostrate hobbits leapt to their feet. And there was also one last surprise. In honour of Bilbo, and it startled the hobbits exceedingly, as Gandalf intended. The lights went out. A great smoke went up. It shaped itself like a mountain seen in the distance, and began to glow at the summit. It spouted green and scarlet flames. Out flew a red golden dragon. Not life-size, but terribly lifelike. Fire came from its jaws. Its eyes glared down. There was a roar, and he whizzed three times over the heads of the crowd. They all ducked, and many fell flat on their faces. The dragon passed like an express train, turned a somersault, and burst over by water with a deafening explosion. Is the signal for supper, said Bilbo. The pain and alarm vanished at once, and the prostrate hobbits leapt to their feet. <laughs> just a little bit of difference. I'm just saying. I mean, even if it wasn't for all the sound effects and, and just, the, the, just the reading of the story alone is different. But oh my gosh, he went the extra mile. Phil Dragish is a genius. All right, one final one. The very first time in The Lord of the Rings we ever hear the phrase, at least in the in the uh, the trilogy. Uh, I've, obviously, we've heard it in The Hobbit, but still... Uh, in the Lord of the Rings, the first time we ever hear, my precious. Now it comes to it, I, I don't like parting with it at all, I may say, and I don't really see why I should. Why do you want me to? he asked, and a curious change came over his voice. It was sharp with suspicion and annoyance. You are always badgering me about my ring, but you've never bothered me about the other things that I got on my journey. No, but I had to badger you, said Gandalf. I wanted the truth. It was important. Magic rings are, well, magical, and they are rare and curious. I was professionally interested in your ring, you may say, and I still am. I should like to know where it is, if you go wandering again. Also, I think you have had it quite long enough. You won't need it any more, Bilbo, unless I'm quite mistaken. Bilbo flushed, and there was an angry light in his eyes. His kindly face grew hard. "'Why not?' he cried. "'And what business is it of yours, anyway, "'to know what I do with my own things? "'It is my own. "'I found it. "'It came to me.' "'Yes, yes,' said Gandalf. "'But there is no need to get angry. "'If I am, it is your fault,' said Bilbo. "'It is mine, I tell you. "'My own, my precious.' "'Now it comes to it. "'I, I don't feel like parting with it at all, I might say.' I don't really see why I should. Why do you want me to? He asked, and a curious change came over his voice. It was sharp with suspicion and annoyance. You, you are always battering me about my ring, but you have never bothered me about the other things that I got on my journey. No, but I had to badger you, said Gandalf. I wanted the truth. It was important. Magic rings are, well, magical, and they are rare and curious. I was professionally interested in your ring, you may say, and I still am. I should like to know where it is if you go wandering again. 
Also, I think you have had it quite long enough. You don't need it anymore, Bilbo, unless I am quite mistaken. Bilbo flushed, and there was an angry light in his eyes. His kindly face grew hard. Why not? He cried. And what business is it of yours anyway to know what I do with my own things? It is my own. I found it. It came to me. Yes, yes, said Gandalf. There is no need to get angry. If I am angry, it is your fault, said Bilbo. It is mine, I tell you. My own. My precious. Well, there you go. Just a little bit of difference in the production of those unabridged audiobook versions of The Lord of the Rings. So, a couple of things here. How might one go about getting these unabridged audiobook versions of The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, and The Return of King by Phil Drabish and still have a clean conscience? I am going to share with you how I have a clean conscience about the fact that I'm using it and listening to it and enjoying it immensely. Here's how I have this clean conscience. Number one, I know that I've paid for all of the movies and how that has benefited the Tolkien estate and the Howard Shore and and all of that other stuff. I've purchased all of the Howard Shore uh, soundtracks in and of themselves. Not only that, but I have also purchased all of the official available for purchase audiobook narrations unabridged from Rob Inglis. These are the only, for practically for everything that are associated to these stories that are available for me to purchase, I have purchased. And so I would recommend that if you have not seen the movies, uh, it, then I would encourage you to go pay to see the movies if you want to see the movies. If you want to listen to these audiobooks, my recommendation is twofold. My recommendation is that you go purchase the Howard Shore audio soundtracks to all of the movies. Pay all of the money for all of the soundtracks. And also pay the full amount for all three of the unabridged audio narrations from Rob Inglis, the only official unabridged recordings of these three books. I, for me, that's, and by the way, I have, I, I would also make a commitment that if, if these ever become officially sanctioned and available from purchase from uh, Phil Dragish, that you, I personally have made a commitment that I will then go and buy them. I will pay for them uh, at, at any point in the future that they become officially available. So that that's how, for me, I'm doing this with a clean conscience. But I wanted to share with you in this first episode uh, that those are out there and they're amazing. And if you've ever had an issue really fully enjoying this story, uh, because you have, maybe you're similar, you prefer when you're listening to, when you're doing fiction book, you prefer audio. And when you are reading uh, a physical book or an ebook on an e-reading device, you prefer nonfiction. Uh, or if you prefer to, if you're going to physically read a book, the actual book itself, you like to have, in a fiction form, you sometimes like to have an audio book to guide you through and stuff like that. that, that 
If you are like me, I wanted to share that with you. And by the way, if you have not enjoyed this first episode of the Lord of the Rings fan podcast, my guess is that you're probably never going to. So I would encourage you just to to, to drop off if you haven't done so already. But if all of a sudden you find it's like, man, I'm, I'm excited to go on this journey. I wonder if I can also deepen my appreciation for this story. I wonder what Cliff's going to have to say about some of the chapters that he reads. Uh, maybe some of the other insights that he brings to the table from the studies that he's doing because he has found such a, a deeper appreciation, has decided to dig deeper. Gosh, in this first episode alone, I learned to not never call The Two Towers book two. Never call The Return of the King book three because that would be inappropriate. It is incorrect. It is volume one, volume two, volume three, and there are separate different books in in each of the in each of the books, in each of the volumes. So if 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 all of a sudden that was news to you, then welcome to the Lord of the Rings fan podcast, my friend. This is for you. Guys, uh, real quickly, I just want to remind you, if you want to check out some other shows uh, while you're waiting for the next episode of this to come out, you might be interested in the Twilight Saga podcast over at twilightsagapodcast.com. You might be interested in the Hunger Games podcast at hungergamespodcast.com. My network of podcasts that I started back in December 2005 is called the Generally Speaking Production Network. You can find out the archi- find the archives of all of my shows over at gspn.tv. That's gspn.tv, not .com, but .tv. And of course, if you have any interest in learning a little bit about me personally and professionally and what I do for a living and and my story, check out uh, cliffravenscraft.com. And my main podcast is The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. So you can go check that out over in your favorite podcast directory. Just do, do a search for Cliff Ravenscraft and look for The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Until next time, my friend, I encourage you to take everything you do, including your appreciation of the world of Tolkien, to the next level.